Selections from Mr. Punch on Tour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Selections from Mr. Punch on Tour. Authors Unknown. LibriVox Coffee Break Collection Number 7. A Happy Holiday. Now I really do not care a hang about the Riviera. In the daytime you've a gay time, but the nights are very cold. And for any kind of touring which I used to find alluring, I for biking had a liking, but I now have grown too old. Then the constant change of weather, to my thinking, altogether knocked the notion of an ocean trip completely on the head. I've a horror, too, of trippers, arries, ariots, and nippers. So a jolly, quiet holiday I spent at home in bed. The Travellers' Protection League The TPL commenced operations last week, with regard to the unpunctuality of certain railway companies, and should be encouraged to go a little farther. We want protection against... 1. Passengers who try to keep us out of carriages by fictitiously placing hats and wraps on more seats or corners than they will themselves occupy. 2. Passengers who endeavour to enter carriages when we have fictitiously placed hats and wraps on more seats or corners than we shall ourselves occupy. 3. People who smoke bad tobacco in compartments where there are ladies. 4. Ladies who ride in compartments where we smoke bad tobacco. 5. Parties who insist upon having the window open when we wish it shut. 6. Parties who insist upon having the window shut when we wish it open. 7. Persons who try to squeeze in when our carriage is full. 8. Persons who try to keep us out when their carriage is full. 9. Objectionable babies. 10. Objectors to babies. And a job lot of grievances, viz. 11. The British landscape, now consisting of pill advertisements. 12. Clapham Junction. 13. Bank holiday traffic and excursionists, racing and football crowds. 14. The weather. 15. Nasty smelling smoke. 16. Irritatingly uncertain lamps. 17. The increase in the income tax. 18. The cussedness of things in general. 19. And lastly, the billion-dollar trust. If the TPL will abate or abolish any or all of these nuisances, we shall be very greatly obliged. Mr. Punch's Country Rambles, with acknowledgments to the Daily Chronicle. A memorable afternoon may be spent by taking the train to Muggleton, and walking from there by way of Mudford, Sloppington, Stickborough-in-the-Marsh, Drencham, St. Swithens, and Swillingspout, to Poddleton-on-the-Slosh. The whole district is full of memories of the great Hodge family before it migrated into the towns. Quite a number of mute, inglorious Miltons are buried in Poddleton churchyard but a few people may still be seen in the market-place on Saturdays. Route of Ramble Alighting at Muggleton Station, 
too much reliance should not be placed upon the elocution of the local railway porter. Leave the refreshment room resolutely on the left, as you will need to keep your intelligence clear, and proceed in a nor-nor-east half-northerly direction along a winding lane, until Mudford Beacon appears in the rear. Then turn back across six meadows and a ploughed field, following alternately the bed of a stream and the right bank of the canal, until Sloppington is reached. From there follow the boundary line between the counties of Mudshire and Slopshire, as far as Stickborough. From two to seven miles further on, according to the best local computation, lies Drencham, where is a remarkable pump. Leaving this landmark south-west by west, veer sharply to the left twice, and pursue a zigzag course. If at the twenty-second field you are not within easy reach of swilling spout, it will be because you are incapable of following this brief chronicle. From the last-named place the nearest way to Poddleton is through the railway tunnel. It is not public, but persons have sometimes succeeded in getting through. Poddleton is nine miles from a station, but an omnibus walks the distance occasionally, when the horse is not required for funerals or other purposes. Lengths of ramble, doubtful, has only been done in sections. THE IDEAL HOLIDAY Come, Phyllis, for the season is already on the wane, and the question of our holiday perplexes once again. Now every jaded Londoner fresh stores of vigour seeks. Our problem is how best to pass these few and fleeting weeks. As one by one each watering-place we call to mind in turn, as promptly some objection to each one we discern. Thus Scarborough's too chilly, and Ilfracombe too hot, and this too near, and that too dear, that sandy, and this not. The Alps are always overrun and crowded as Cheapside, and the garlic-reeking South I own I never could abide. The Bards, X, Vichy, Tonus, Homburg, Carlsbad, Neuenar, are either vulgar, crowded, dull, expensive, or too far. Oh, for some new and lone retreat, nor far away nor near, with lovely sights to charm the eye, soft sounds to soothe the ear, where vexed and wearied spirit such as yours and mine might rest, and find in life new purpose, in its joys unwonted zest. Some Aden, some Elysium of rapturous delight, where peace should reign unbroken from the dawn to fall of night, Yet since for the impossible in vain we yearn, tis clear, it will end, no doubt, as usual, in good old Margate, dear. A Whitson Holiday, a page from a modern diary. Monday. Up with the lark, breakfast not ready, spent my spare time in closing the boxes, got the family into the train with difficulty, devoted the day to travelling. Reached our destination tired out, glad to get to bed. Tuesday, up with the lock, did the sights. Had no time to look at anything, as I had to attend to the tickets. Saw all the museums, 
my party coming out when I had got the catalogues, so managed our visits that there was no opportunity of discussing meals. Got back in time for table d'hote, but preferred sleep to food. Went to bed. Wednesday. Up with the lark, off again travelling. On the road all day. Having to fit in the corresponding trains, had no leisure for meals. Arrived at our new resting place late at night, so off as quickly as possible to bed. Thursday. Up with the lark. Spent the morning in sightseeing under the customary conditions, waited upon the family, looked after the catalogues and umbrellas, food again at a discount, dispensed with dinner, glad to get to bed. Friday, up with the lark, time to return, back again by a train, no food, no rest, halfway home, arrived in time to see the lights being put out, off to bed. Saturday, up with the lark, continued my journey post-haste, wrote up my diary, find that I have got over several hundreds of miles, but for the life of me cannot remember anything that I have seen. Don't recollect any square meal. Back again, tired, and only pleased to be in bed. Sunday, sleeping. Monday, up with the lark, recovered from my week's rest, and glad to get back again to work. End of Selections from Mr. Punch on Tour Authors Unknown